You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And the 2023 UKG NWSL Challenge Cup final is underway. the NWSL Challenge Cup. NWSL Challenge Cup champions once again. The North Carolina Courage make it two in a row after a 2-0 win over Racing Louisville. And for more on this final, we are delighted to bring in our very good friend, Jordan Angeli. Jordan, good morning. Lovely to see you. Good morning, everybody. Lovely to see you guys, too. You guys all look ready to go this Monday morning. Wow, do we? That's, <laughs> you know what they say, fake it till you make it. <laughs> I'm kidding. This, this, was, uh, this was a really fun weekend of soccer, and this was a really fun final. But how impressed are you with North Carolina Courage being able to win this for the consecutive year in a row, just adding to their, their trophy case? What has made them so successful, and what did you see in this game from them? Yeah, it's it's incredible what North Carolina has done since really their inception. They've won multiple championships, uh, NWSL championships, multiple shields, and now they have multiple challenge cups. What I think is most interesting about this year compared to the rest is Although Sean Nahas was their coach last year, he's really been able to imprint his style on this team this year. And they're playing a completely different brand of soccer. It is so beautiful. And the fact that they win Challenge Cup playing this possession style soccer, I think to me is the best sign that NWSL is heading in the right direction, that these teams who do play um, a little bit more patient of a game can be successful. So I love this back-to-back win. I love that it was in a very different way than it was in previous years. But there's something happening in North Carolina, and everybody needs to pay attention. You got that right, Jordan. I want you to talk about Caroline and and what a baller she is. She opens the scoring in the NWSL Challenge Cup, but – what is the upside with her on the pitch for this North Carolina side, knowing that now the NWSL playoffs are on the horizon? Yeah, there, there was a little worry there right after the World Cup that Caroline might not be coming back to North Carolina Courage, uh, rumors of her going somewhere else. And I am so happy that she is here playing because these are the types of goals that you're going to get from Caroline. She is so deceptive. You can see right here, look at her look up. So she baits Katie Lunge to go and think it's going to be a cross, and then she just sneaks it in the near post. She is such a good forward. She can play on either wing. She's good with both feet. 
but she, yeah, she's dominant when she gets the ball. You you don't know what to expect from her. She's really good in 1v1 situations, and she can stretch the team. So that's really different than what they want to do. They want to possess, possess, possess. So then if you can stretch in behind, you can get those types of opportunities where Caroline is 1v1 with the goalkeeper going in behind. I love so many things about her game, but offensively, but defensively, she works really hard too and fits in with this squad so seamlessly. She is such a fun player to watch, and I'm glad she's here in NWSL. Talk to me a little bit about the rebuild that's happened because it happened seemingly so quickly. You go back a few years, North Carolina Courage are bodying every team. They're winning every title possible. Uh, and then all of a sudden they sell out a lot of, they sell off a lot of their big players or transfer a lot of their big players or trade them. And seemingly there's a rebuild starting, and then all of a sudden they're back to winning titles. They're back to playing that possessive style. They're back to being, you know, almost a showtime courage. How did this happen so fast? It's a good question, Alexis, because it did happen really quickly. This was a very direct team when they were winning those games. They had two players up front, Jess McDonald, who has scored some of the most goals in NWSL, and Lynn Williams. Very different than Tess Bodie, who they have right now, who's five, five, really a false nine in a lot of ways. So very opposite type players in this rebuild. But it's all been about do these players fit in with the system under Sean Nahas? He wants to play. And I think if you look at all the changes that have happened, the, the consistent is Denise O'Sullivan. She has been there since for five years, I think now. So she's played in both systems, but she is a ball playing center midfielder. She plays as the six for them. She can win the ball, but also possess it. And so she has been their catalyst and she's driven. She played for the Republic of Ireland this summer at the World Cup. She has this fire about her to win and to be competitive. And I think that pulls everything together. So now you can bring really good players like Japanese internationals, Narumi, and now Manaka, who we got to talk about Manaka if we're not we're not gonna if we're gonna go there. Um, who is the MVP? She, they can bring in these types of players. Emily Fox, who is a possession style outside back, who can play centrally at times and overload the middle or go out wide. So I think it all kind of rotates around Denise O'Sullivan because she's been a part of this rebuild as a, a stabilizer. But this has been really cool to watch under Sean Nahas. He wants players at play. He has been able to get those players into the system and they fit in seamlessly and they'll possess from Casey Murphy, their goalkeeper, all the way to Tess Bodie, their nine, and show you that they can play through every single line and they're not afraid to play 20, 30 passes before they put the ball in the back of the net. You want to talk about Manaka Matukubo, let's talk about Manaka. I was impressed from the way that they were able to breach that back line, playing behind so much with Bodhi creating the space and then Caroline, but Manaka also coming in from even further behind. Um, is, is that, has that become the seal of this North Carolina team? It, it might be, Nico, because when I have the privilege of talking to these coaches before games, because I call NWSL games, and before Manaka played her first game, I actually had North Carolina, and Oof. he said, Jordan, wait till you see Manaka play. At that time, she was 18. She just turned 19. And yeah, that's a 19-year-old, just um, full volley on the, the second goal of the championship. I She's just a really intelligent player. And when she's playing in that 10 spot, 
with Bodie, at times it looks like a dual 10. So they have this good um, juxtaposition of someone coming in, someone going away, but she finds the right space. She's patient in finding the right space. And then her final pass, I would say is actually still a little off. It's She knows the pass to make, but it's not quite correct all the time. Like it doesn't have the right pace all the time. But once that gets settled, these games are not going to just be two to nothing for North Carolina. They're going to be three, four, five, which they've already done this season. Uh, I really just like Manaka and her ability to find the right space as they build out. She's just a really intelligent player. Jordan, I want to talk about Louisville now that racing Louisville lose this. They're on the outskirts looking in at the playoffs. Is this a concern, this loss? Is this going to derail them? Or do you feel like they have enough to get going and get back into the playoff uh, race? I think they have enough to get going. I do believe in this team. I said it on attacking third that I think this is one of the teams that could sneak into the playoffs. Unfortunately, in this game, they had a game two days before in Seattle. They had to take two different planes on that Thursday to get to North Carolina for a 12:30 game that was delayed by weather for two hours during the game, you guys. So I think just like the, you could see that Louisville was a lot more physically exhausted than this North Carolina team. They also are missing some key pieces right now. They don't have Carson Pickett, who is one of the best, if not the best left outside back in this league. I, I would probably put her hand in hand with Emily Fox and what they can do. And they're also missing Jalen Howell, who's their six. So I feel like where Louisville is at right now with a couple of those pieces not able to play in the final, if they can get those pieces back for this playoff push, there's only a couple games, a few games left in the season. They're, they're going to be able to compete because even at the end of the first half and the end of the second half in this Challenge Cup game, they found moments to be uh, dangerous. And I feel that they are going to be able to do that when they have some of their key pieces back. It, they've been transformed under Kim Bjorkagren. They had one Challenge Cup win in two years before this year. Then they went on and won four in a row and made it to the final. So I feel like there's a lot of on the ups in Louisville, and I, I hope that they use some of that momentum um, beyond the final to say, all right, let's make this playoff push and, and do two really big things in one year for such a young club. Uh, all right, Jordan, uh, we're going to transition to a topic that's less fun to, to talk about, uh, but it was announced over the weekend that uh, Luis Rubiales has resigned from his position as president of the Spanish Football Federation this coming after weeks of, of criticism um, regarding the kiss that he planted on Jenny Hermoso. And just, you know, considering all the conversations that, that we've had and that have been, been had by, by multiple people and in the, in the press, what's... What's your reaction to this news, to his, his, him finally taking the step to resign and remove himself from his position? And what would you like to see happen next? Well, I, I think the first question is, I'm glad this happened. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people are going to want him to have been fired, which would have been a very rightful thing to do. But the the one problem is gone, right? Luis Rubiales is not leading the federation anymore. And I think that that's the first step. Unfortunately for Spain and the federation, as the players have said, this isn't just one person. This has been multiple levels through 
a lot of years. And I think that they have to continue to, you know, the investigation, even though he resigned, the investigation will still hopefully continue. And there will be more eyeballs on this Spanish Spanish Federation to look and see where those bottlenecks are. Mm-hmm. Who are the people that aren't doing the, you know, the correct thing, which is recognizing these, recognizing these women as elite athletes and giving them the treatment that they should. Um, and I think that that is going to continue to be a process, but, um, yeah. See ya, Luis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. Good riddance. Well said, uh, Jordan, yeah. Angeli, great stuff as always. When can we see you next on attacking third? We're going to be on tonight, and we're talking all Challenge Cup finals. We look forward to that. Um, Appreciate you. We'll see you soon. Yes, thank you, guys. All right, guys, we are going to take a break. Poppy Miller will return with some more headlines when we come back. Stick with us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Here's a look at your Monday footy fix. Euro qualifiers continue this afternoon. We will see Armenia take on Croatia at 12 p.m. You can watch that on FS2. We've got a pair of games at 2.45 p.m. Portugal facing Luxembourg and Iceland versus Bosnia and Herzegovina at 2.45 p.m. You can watch that match on VIX. And then later tonight, we have some Liga MX Femenil action. Tigres taking on Leon at 9 p.m. That match on VIX as well. But right now, let's send it on over to Poppy Miller for some more headlines, Thank Poppy. Thank you, Susie. I wish you were going to enjoy this first headline a little bit more, oh but you're not, because starting in England, Virgil van Dijk has been given an additional one-game ban along what? with a $125,000 fine for his actions after receiving a red card in Liverpool's win against Newcastle on August 27th. Van Dijk sat out of Liverpool's 3-0 win against Aston Villa, but now he'll miss their upcoming match against Wolves as well. And in other Premier League news, Arsenal have bid farewell to their young Mexican prospect Marcelo Flores after finalising a $2.5 million transfer to Tigres. The 19-year-old has signed a four-year contract with the Liga Mekis side and leaves the London club after four years without making a first-team appearance for the Gunners. The Canadian-born midfielder made his Mexican national team debut in 2022. And over in Spain, Luis Rubiales has finally stepped down as the president of the Spanish Football Federation, announcing the decision following weeks of criticism after kissing Spain's World Cup winner Jenny Hermoso after the World Cup final. The Spanish Federation confirmed that he's resigned as president and UEFA vice president as well. His resignation comes a week after Hermoso filed a criminal complaint which led to Spanish prosecutors filing a case against him. And in MLS news, Bruce Arena has resigned as the head coach and sporting director of the New England Revolution, leaving the club six weeks after being placed on an administrative leave amid investigations into allegations of inappropriate comments. MLS announced on Saturday that their investigation into Arena had, quote, confirmed certain aspects and clarified that Arena would have to petition to Commissioner Don Garber if he should pursue future employment in MLS. Richard Williams 
Williams will remain as interim head coach, while Kurt Anolfo will continue as interim sporting director. And in international football, Hansi Flick has been fired as Germany manager, which comes a day after they lost 4-1 to Japan in an international friendly. Flick replaced Yogi Lowe following the 2021 European Championship after guiding Bayern Munich to a Champions League title. He won his first eight matches in charge, but Germany have lost four of their last five after a disappointing group stage exit from last year's World Cup. Julian Nagelsmann has been mentioned as a potential replacement, although he's still technically under a contract with Bayern Munich despite being fired last season. Nico, Germany will host next year's European Championship. What do you think that the German Federation should do? Should they go after Julian Nagelsmann or potentially Jurgen Klopp? What ah, do you think? Hey, calm down over there, Papi. Potential. L listen, potential. I, I don't know who they should go after, but them firing Flick and the way that Hansi Flick's downfall has seen at Germany, it just speaks to how institutionally things are trending in the right direction at the German Federation. Because right after you win the World Cup, it's two straight group stage exits for Germany. And you look at the national team now, for example, Joshua Kimmich, you're still playing him at, at right back. Look at Bayern Munich, their back line. Not a single German player, which it just raises question marks on production of talent, uh, something has grown stagnant in Germany where for so many years they had a great project where they produced a massive amount of talent and not only that, they visually looked forward to the next generation and it feels like they have come up excruciatingly short and the results internationally have shown. So. Who should they hire? I'm, I'm not sure, but they need to get it right because, man, it's four-time World Cup champion Germany. Do you yeah. have any, any ideas of, of possible candidates that you would, if you were Germany, you'd look into? I mean, Klopp feels like the right fit. I mean, he's the name everyone is talking about. It's, it's like the secret is out in the open that that's who Germany wants next. And to your point about their development, if you go back to the early 2000s, they set, they set this sort of 10-year plan in place yeah. where they would go with rev sharing, essentially. There's a lot more to it, but essentially rev sharing where the top clubs, the antithesis of what La Liga is doing, the top clubs who make a lot of money have to share with everyone else as long as that money is used to develop players. It was a, it was a tool to sort of uh, get Germany back into the top levels of international football where, truthfully, they belong. They've been that for a very long time. It worked. It worked almost extremely well. If you go back eight, maybe eight, nine years ago, you, you have an insane you can level go of back talent. To the nineties, up through Julian uh, Klinsmann. Uh, but Turkin, you're talking Jürgen specifically Klinsmann, the development from then, that plan, and then Jurgen Klinsmann into where the plan took place, right. into Yogi Love, where they got to, for example, a, a World Cup semi-final, and they then they are with Klinsmann, and then they ushered in Yogi Love, and the 2010 World Cup didn't go as planned, you got to a semi-final, and they didn't say, you know what, we'll sack him, we'll keep him, we'll continue this project. Yeah. And four years later, they ended up winning a World Cup, Win but the then World Cup. it's like they hit a wall. And going back to what you were saying, it's just, there's, there's something that's not going right. Yeah. And I think Mesut Ozil also gave us an inclination as to there was problems within the Federation. Hmm. Uh, he put a letter out, however you feel about it. He gave you some inclinations that behind the scenes, it seemed to be maybe politics was taken, not politics in the sense of governing bodies, but maybe hmm. bureaucracy within the Federation was sort of taking hold of what was happening on the pitch, and that's the wrong way to well, go. Well, this is, this is the first time a German 
head coach has been fired. Wow. This He's position. the first manager the to be first sacked, manager in, the to be of the sacked in the history That's crazy. of the Federation. Rinse? So that, that tells you, you know, the state of things and how dire the, they saw the situation to be because this is unprecedented. Right. They're so them. German they use the term dismissed. Ooh. <laughs> K- Klopp's contract, when's it up? Is it not up at the end of the season? As soon as Germany calls. As soon as they sell <laughs> yeah. Mohamed Salah. Oh, no. And there he's, you go. He goes, thank you. He signed you know, again. I was June, having a really nice Monday. June, June, June 2026, don't worry. Thank you. Yeah, he's, but he's not going to leave. That's really a, a year after, before. After that World Cup. After the World Cup. Okay, It might be club time. That just if That feels like the natural time for a break, progression Nico. of things. <laughs> <laughs> Susanna's like, God, Nico's mic. <laughs> we are actually taking a break. <laughs> We're going to chat some comable World Cup qualifiers when we come back. Oh, hi, Darwin Nunez. You had an assist, didn't you? Yes, you did. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. Uh, Common Ball World Cup qualifiers over the weekend. Here's a look at the results from match day one. Paraguay and Peru and in a nil-nil draw. Colombia get the one-nil win over Venezuela. Argentina one-nil over Ecuador. Uruguay 3-1 over Chile and Brazil. Absolutely thump Bolivia 5-1. This match saw braces from Rodrigo and Neymar. Neymar becomes Brazil's all-time leading scorer. Wow. After two goals in this one, he has 79. He overtook Pele's spot. Could have had a hat trick. He missed the penalty, too. Mm-hmm. To wow. start things off. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Nico, uh, fitting. Can you regale us with the song that you were singing? Brazil. Y'all missed this. <laughs> you know what, though? You're hitting the notes. I could have said, does this count as a regaling? But yeah. He's hitting the notes. It's funny. There was, a, there was a video of an Argentine kid, like, uh, I think one World, Cy- World Cup cycle ago. He was like a six, seven-year-old, and he was an Argentine kid. And the mom asked, who are you rooting for? And he was like, I'm rooting for Brazil. I said, well, no, no. <laughs> Why? It's because they're so good. It's so buenísimo, he would say. And that's what it is. Every World Cup cycle, Brazil is an extraordinary pool of talent. Mm-hmm. And World Cup qualifiers is too easy for them. Poor Bolivia, that that's how they got started. Not only that. They now host Argentina next. Mm. We, we expected this performance out of Brazil. We almost expected this performance out of Neymar, that um, he was sitting on the heels of Pelé's record and ends up winning it. And I just say, I think it speaks a lot to the legacy of Neymar that maybe it wasn't what we expected to. And uh, he, he doesn't become a name that is synonymous with soccer greats, mm-hmm. but he is legendary at the end of the day with the feeling that he played Football, and I also, think, plays I think, football. I, I think to counter what you said, I think in Brazil he is considered one of the greats. He is beloved in that in that fashion. Maybe not to the same level of a Pelé, but he is he's or a huge Ronaldo. Or Ronaldo yeah, exactly. No, maybe he doesn't reach that level because he doesn't have that. I don't know what it is. That consistent he, he excellence. Have a world, he doesn't have a World Cup. World Cup is probably it. Good point. But he is beloved in this country, and also 
come on, we kind of expected that out of Bolivia. Bolivia away. We very expect 100%. Bolivia at home. Yeah. And by the way, Argentina's not going to have an easy go of it no, I don't, in Bolivia. No, Again, you're literally in playing in the clouds. Do you think Messi plays? So Argentina's already there. F funny enough, because everybody has their theories of how you have to prepare for the altitude in, mm -hmm. in Bolivia, whether you show up the day of the game, whether you show up a day before Argentina. This time around, I showed up a day before, everybody with their oxygen tanks, like 13 out of, out of all the players in the squad, has never played in Bolivia. Mm. Messi is with the national team. And it just shows his commitment as not only a, a player to the group, as the captain and the leader of this group, the emblematic face of the Argentine national team, where he could have easily had just said, Bolivia, the altitude. I'm playing in Miami. I've, I've got a playoff run that I need to make. He said, uh, my priorities are as follows. And he's with Argentina. I, if he, and, he's, and, and if he's with the national team in La Paz, he's ready to play. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. And make no, make no mistake, playing at that, running in that altitude is extremely dangerous. I actually, had a, I actually had a cousin who passed away. Uh, he was a Tough mutter, one of those guys. He loved to you know, do marathons and stuff. He actually passed away running in very, wow. very high altitudes, nowhere near this level in Mexico. Uh, and a lot of other runners told him, your body needs like three days to acclimate or you need like an intense amount of oxygen so that your body has additional oxygen in it. And he didn't listen, went out, and unfortunately he passed away. Sorry, uh, rest in peace. Thank you. Rest in peace, uh, Frankie. But... Uh, this is extremely difficult to play in these conditions. It's extremely difficult to run. You're, yeah, you, I think it's inhumane. I mean, uh, you we, can't, we, Azteca, you can't say that because the, the Bolivians thing. do it. But the Azteca is not even nowhere not near even, not the even, altitude. No, but yeah, in adjusting to it, we had oxygen tanks at the locker. And Jeez. I remember be, I was 20, 23 years old. I'm like, I'm not going to be tired. Yeah. And, altitude's not going to affect and then, me. <laughs> Halftime, I was like, I can't catch my breath. Yeah. Bro, you should have well, seen how tired I was going up the ramp that you have to go up to get to the top level of the Azteca. Literally. Oh, I was it's, like, literally. it's a thing. Literally. It's totally a thing. Can I drop some honorable mentions? Not even honorable mentions. Please do, Nico. Bielsa and Uruguay got it so right. They played so well against I was gonna, Chile. I wanted to get your, your takeaways from Uruguay's Valverde, Nico de la Cruz, Darwin Nunez was fantastic, even though he didn't score the way he understands the game. And Bielsa even didn't take credit. Like, how much can I do in just a training session before we start? And they cooked Chile, which I am very worried about. The generational change in Chile has not happened. There is a lack of players. There is a lack of talent. There, the, Arturo Vidal had to come in for the game to change, and that wasn't even enough. I am worried about Chile in this World Cup, in this very generous World Cup qualifier, and their hopes of making the 2026 World Cup. Okay, are you more concerned about Chile? Or are you more encouraged by Uruguay? No, Uruguay is good. Otherwise, are, are they? Are, oh, yeah. This After, is a this is a formidable side. Do Chile not qualify? Chile does not qualify. I think them and Bolivia, them Bolivia. Chile, and then there's your Venezuela, or Paraguay. Venezuela. I think it's Venezuela. It's but I I will go on a limb. I I should have said it before, but I put it in my group chat with my friends. I bet one of my Chilean friends that Chile doesn't make the World Cup. Ooh. I just I don't see the promise in Chile. This generation of players, I think they won't qualify hey. for the World Cup. You can, you can hit him up on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried. I'm worried. Come and in Spanish. Him. And in Spanish. Come at him. Come at him. <laughs> and I love Chile, but I'm worried for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fair. We're going to take a break. Uh, we are going to chat some CONCACAF Nations League when we return Jamaica off to a good start. That's after a break. It's going to be a 
very enthralling contest with plenty of talent on display in this very competitive CONCACAF Nations League. Acevedo finds some space. Oh, it's an absolutely delightful finish with a goal out of the top drawer. And no Greek can run at the back lane of, of the Honduras. Gray! And the Jermaine comes. Draw first blood. And the reggae boys off and running. Forbes over the top. Nice looking ball. Chance for a finish. And there's a goal. Out of nothing. Lovely turn by Tyler Forbes. Welcome back. Here's a look at the weekend results from CONCACAF Nations League. Jamaica get the 1-0 win over Honduras, the British Virgin Islands, 3-1 over Turks and Caicos. Puerto Rico, 6-1 over the Bahamas, Granada and Suriname, a 1-1 draw. Nicaragua get the 2-0 win over the Dominican Republic. And Guyana, 5-1 over Antigua and Barbuda. Well, after a strong showing in the Summer's Gold Cup, Jamaica, a team we uh, are excited to keep an eye on in this competition. They faced Honduras. Let's get to the highlights here. Well, it, here is Damari Gray. Just 1v1, cuts inside, and that patent curler we've Ooh. seen in the English Premier League just comes inside, and just such a quick release. The keeper doesn't have time to really set. Beautiful finish. LATFAC's very own. Let's go. LATFAC's very own. <laughs> You're absolutely right about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is interesting. But we we talked about Jamaica as this team that we really en yeah. enjoyed watching this summer. There there's some some good players, some talent on this on this roster. Charlie, did, did they kind of take take off where they left off? Wait, what am I trying to yeah. say here? Did they pick up? Pick up where pick they up, left off. Pick up. I didn't even I, I remember like, until I, he said it. Where Damn. am I going? Pick up where they left off. It's Monday. Thank you. It, yes. it's, an, it's an improved performance from Jamaica, and it was more about them connecting passes and setting the, the tempo. Honduras had to play to their tempo. They set the, the yeah. tone. And Bobby Dave Cordeva reed who, who assisted on, on that play, who has been so influential in the way that Jamaica keep the ball. Damari Gray is a phenomenal winger. When you get him out in open space, I think he has struggled at times playing in between the lines and tight spaces. But once he gets wide and he gets isolated, he's very difficult to deal with. And you just see that Jamaica, they're organized. They have structure. And that is the difference between Jamaica now with the talent that they have and Jamaica of old. They are now competitive because of the way that they play. They play to their strengths instead of playing as all individuals. Now they have a game plan, they have an identity, and it's working really well. I'd like to give a little bit of context to how important that win was for Jamaica against Honduras because, again, there are six teams per group and only the top two make it to that quarterfinal spot in the CONCACAF Nations League to be able to have an opportunity to qualify to Copa America 2024. But you only play four games and you're pinned up against a team that you're, most, you're closest to in ranking, and that was Honduras. And they ended up beating Honduras, and I look at the standings, they should get out of the group where you've got Grenada, Suriname, Cuba, Haiti. Um, losing a game in these four games that you have in this window, in the October window, it's, that would be critical. Mm -hmm. um, devastating, almost, you look at El Salvador, for example, which we were, at moments high on, they had performances throughout the Gold Cup qualifying with Hugo Perez that you would say they should get out of the group or they have a good possibility of getting out of the group. They've lost both games already, including to Trinidad and Tobago last night, which Trinidad and Tobago 
is on six points, two out of two wins, in prime position to make it out of that group stage and into the quarterfinals of CONCACAF Nations League. El Salvador, is, they're, it's, they're cooked. They're, it's, there's, it's very difficult for them to get out of the group. Yeah, I mean, I also want to add a little context to Honduras. That was one of the cleanest kits I've ever seen from Honduras, and they've had some incredible kits. You like that? Oh, my God. So if you guys want to send one, double like that. Honduras. I'll try to get Please do that one with the, with the pinstripes. So Honduras recently changed their flag. It's a very lighter uh, blue, almost like the blue in the CONCACAF Nations League logo. The new president mm. decided because she wanted to. Is it like Barracuda blue? It's like Barracuda blue, not shiny blue. Um, So the flag is actually poisonous during certain times. Yes. The kit kit resembles that change in blue. I love it. um, Okay, before we head to break, we have to give some love to uh, the British Virgin Islands because they got their first win in 11 years. A 3-1 win over Turks and Caicos. And oh, Turks and Caicos. When you look at these scenes, especially. <laughs> <laughs> what was that reaction? Do you that's, know what? That's if you're, if Tim you're, Duncan if you're is so happy right for now. for Turks and Caicos, I think you're kind of winning in life in general because I've heard that place is absolutely beautiful. Oh, it's phenomenal. It is beautiful. I've not been. I'd love to go. But hey, British Virgin Islands was the place to be. Your party in there. Yeah. They but finally hey. did the deed. But look at your first your first win in eleven years. Eleven years you yeah. have not won a game. The, the Infantino's idea behind the Concacaf Nations League was to give lower caliber countries these opportunities where you're pinned up against countries with a similar standing. So this is the bottom of the of Nations League. This is League C. There's there's no worse teams in CONCACAF with all due respect. And I mean, gee, with all due respect, after you say all that. But that's the facts. There's yeah, no yeah. there's no League D I get it. because in UEFA there's a League D. There's that where San Marino is playing. So uh, good good it's, good on I love it. this badge. Look at this badge. Man. I know. This is incredible. That's it's BVI. Look, look, but look at look at the the port behind I was just the back. Yeah, that's yeah. the the yachts. That's what we're yeah, looking at. I'm down at. to visit. <laughs> a couple of catamarans. You want to get on a catamaran? If the center of tourism ever wants to uh, ha- fund this 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 nice desk, right? I told I told Charlie he could go down and so, coach there, and I'll be his assistant. For the for the next couple, the next two. CONCACAF Nations League cycles. we got to hope that BVI makes it from C to B, which it looks like they could do it. And then from B to A, and they get drawn in the quarterfinals of the CONCACAF Nations League against the U.S. So there's a home and away. And we do morning footy from the British Virgin Islands. That's what I'm saying. we got to do it. Yeah. We'll make it happen. (laughs) Sipping on pina coladas Before that, BVI, send me a kit. That sounds tremendous. I like where your head's at, Nico. Okay, we're going to take a break. Plenty more to come on morning footy when we return. Don't go in. Anywhere. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Uh, guys, NFL is back. Um, footy meets football. Did you get it? See what I did there? Um, lots of NFL players kind of dipping their toes into the other the other type of football. There's uh, Odell Beckham Jr. just casually hanging out with Jabby Alonzo. They all want to be a DK part Metcalf, of it. The Seahawks. With Bayern Munich there. J.J. Watt, I do love now these, part owner of Burnley. These two sports are sort of blending a lot more with the players and stuff. You know, NFL's got so many games in England. They sell at every time. Maybe there's going to be a team in London. It's Yeah, it yeah. sounds like that is the, the way it's going. My friends that live in London, they absolutely are fascinated by there's NFL. A lot of people in London, I learned, 
really like the NFL. They love it. Yeah. They love it. A lot of throwback Browns, like, you know, like, you know, retro stuff is in, and I'm like, you wouldn't want to be a fan of the team, but the retro stuff is cool. Mm. Um, okay, so in, in honor of uh, the return of the NFL season, we thought it would be fun to put together our five-a-side teams using NFL five players. Five-a-side for soccer. For soccer. Yeah, right? We yeah. should make an but NFL using... team out of soccer players next. Ooh, see? That'd be fun. That's a good one. We'll do that. Mm -hmm. We'll do that next, producer Jen. But are you ready? Yes, Nico, you're gonna, I'm ready. You're going to kick us off. Yeah. So um, I needed an anchor to start my team, and I went for Miles Garrett in goal. Because, okay. listen, he, he's not only the defensive end for the Browns, he's their edge rusher. And every season since his rookie years, he's had at least 10 sacks per season, which is incredible. And that speaks to his anticipation. He is going to be my anchor. He's not only 6'4", 272 pounds, but he is big and very agile. For that size of a person, he is a freak athlete. And in goal, nobody's getting by him. And then I got Derwin James as my defender. Strong safety for the LA Chargers. Look, he, he's that type of strong safety that can run with the fastest guys on the field. So he's keeping up with the Messi's of the world, most Salah's of the world, but he's big enough to cover Ibra and Haaland. Like it. And then between Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill, look, I've got dynamism, pace in, in Tyreek Hill, but it's pace with a purpose. He's clutch. And then DK Metcalf, you you throw in a cross, and that dude is going to get up there. He's going to go for the spectacular. For He's like the, the Ibra, you know? He'll go for it. I like Not it. every time, but I, I know that Tyreek and McCaffrey are going <clears> to <throat> go for him, and he's, he's going to get it done. So that's a formidable five-a-side. Charlie. Did I convince you? I don't know. No, Charlie. no. <gasps> oh. What? Not at all. No, you know why? Because, one, I don't think Miles Garrett would have been the, the right selection for your goalkeeper. Not quick enough. Agile Not enough. quick enough? No. What are you talking about? Go. Keeper, use their hands. Justin Jefferson, the 2022 Offensive Player of the Year in the NFL. Wide receiver, hands, quickness. Wow. Six foot one, four, 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 40 yard dash. This is why I have a top goalkeeper. He's quick, he's agile, <laughs> great hands. Massive. Awesome. Nick Folk. I played with his brother, Greg Folk, on the national team. Nick Folk, place kicker for the Patriots, now with the Tennessee Titans. You need at least one kicker on the pitch. Odell Beckham Jr., he talked about his love for <laughs> soccer. He played it. National right, team, rightfully right? so in the five-a-side. Marcus Mariota was a top defender in Hawaii. Now, this is a six-foot-four, four-five speed. So not only do I have players who are gifted and agile and athletic, but they have played the game. And this is the, my one wild card, Tyreek Hill. So quick, fast, one of the, the most electric players in the NFL. I'll teach him how to shoot, and we're good. So my five-a-side <laughs> is fire. No, he's he's clutch and he's he's prolific, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, okay. he had. The, the, well, you had him in the midfield. Yeah, definitely. I mean, okay. look, he had the third most receiving yards in a season opener yesterday for the Dolphins. Well, I, but also, how many players on that on your five side played the game before? I also have Tyreek Hill in mind, and let's get to mine before the time runs out because mm -hmm. Susanna also has to go mm -hmm. and check mine out. Now, Tariq Woolen, yes! right? A beast, six foot four. Monster. You know what he does? He's a cover, dude. He stops balls from getting to the wide receiver. That's what a goalkeeper is. Just tell him a wide receiver standing behind him. And then I got my <laughs> guy, the kicker for the Atlanta Falcons, Young Way Koo. The homie played soccer in South Korea before he moved to New Jersey. Let's go. 
Okay, and he won a kicking competition out there. So that is going to be one of my defenders is going to be able to spread the balls to my guy, Sauce Gardner. Your name is Sauce. You know I'm going to put you on my team. You got Calvin Ridley, six foot one, and Tyreek Hill, 5'10". But like y'all said, he's an athletic beast. Wow. Love Tyreek this. Hill, three for three? You guys, yeah. I like this. There's, there's, there's synergy between all of us here. Let's put up my five aside Let's because you'll, you're going to see some familiar names. Yes. Hey. Four <laughs> have you been watching uh, Hard Knocks? No. Oh, man, so Sauce is my new guy. Like, okay. I'm, I'm all about this kid, but he is so fast. He Mahomes. covers a lot of ground. I put Mahomes in goal because this man is long, and he's got good reach and athletic, and he's a little weird. You know, goalkeepers are he just, like, weird. a little, like, wired differently. You're 100% right there. 100% yes. right. We've got Nico and I the same midfield, Tyree Kill and Christian McCaffrey. These nice. guys are not only just, like, power and pace, but the vision in the midfield, and then Justin Jefferson, who is the awesome, awesome wide receiver for the Minnesota Charlie Vikings. Charlie had him in goal. Let's yeah, go. shout out to DK Metcalf, Matthew Slater. I would have had Justin Tucker possibly because he's the great, hey, uh, the greatest we, field goal kicker. All of us right had Tyreek Hill. We all had Tyreek Hill. In Kill. our five-a-side. Mm-hmm. We gotta let's ask him if he's I ever was gonna played say, soccer Let's ever. find out and let's get him in the studio yes. and say, guess what? You okay. made all of our five-a-side rosters and see how he feels about that. At least get him on Zoom. U.S. Open Cup Finals in Miami. Let's go. Yeah. Oh. Hey! Have, have Messi hit him a through ball and the guy just run after <laughs> That is such a good idea. Guys, thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a fantastic Monday. I, oh, Alexi! <laughs>